Happy 100th episode of the Literacy Dive podcast. I have simply loved showing up for you all every single Monday, and I am stoked that we have reached 100 episodes. Now, this episode is going to be sharing when and how students can be engaging with their small group text, mainly by way of reading responses. And while this episode is going to be packed with small group content, I did want to let you in on a little celebration I am having now through September 18th. For one week, I am allowing every listener the opportunity to win a prize by celebrating my 100th episode milestone with me. I will be explaining more inside of this episode, but in short, if you share your favorite episode of mine and tag me in your share, you will automatically be a winner and recipient of your choice of a selection of prizes. Let's get to the show and chat about leveling up your small groups with reading responses, and at the end, you can learn more about this milestone celebration. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Literacy Dive podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And as I mentioned, we are in episode 100. I am so excited that this is truly, truly here, 100 episodes with you. I love talking all things literacy, and I am having a fun celebration to celebrate my 100th episode, and I'm going to mention more about this at the end of the episode. So follow along, and then if you want to celebrate with me, I will share with you how you can be able to do that. Now, there are many opportunities where students can engage with their text during small group. When I hear the word small group, I used to think it was all about gathering students who are on a similar ability, similar level, or who have the same needs to instruct them, and it is to some extent, but I kept it solely at reading. We would join together, we would read a book, we would discuss it, and then students would be dismissed. No matter your approach to small group or the types of books you are using, whether you're using leveled readers, decodables, high interest books, other types of text that you're bringing into your small group, you can still incorporate responding to the reading, and this is what this episode is about today. Responding to reading involves writing, and this is a great way to work writing skills into your reading block. Over time, there are certain reading skills that really do lend themselves well to certain parts of your small group time. Sometimes you can even bring a read aloud into your small group time and focus on the art of merely responding to the text. There are three main places that you can incorporate responding to text, and that is before the text, during the text, and after the text. I hope that this episode will begin having you think about intentional moments for reading responses and will give you ideas to get started. It is important to note that you do not have to involve students in writing during all three of these places. 
depending on the skill, it might be necessary to have students respond before, during, and after. But really, we just want to make the connection between reading and writing about our reading as a way to express our thoughts, our feelings, and our newly acquired information in a natural and in a helpful way. This process encourages students to think and not to just read words, but to engage with the author's words and illustrator's images. So I'm just going to dive into responding about text before reading. There are different strategies to try here, and if you want to have students respond to text before even reading it, there are benefits to this, and the benefit is that it activates students' minds and gets them ready to read. So to do this, you can have students look at the title or look at the cover, and they can make a title web. This is going to get students activating their prior knowledge ahead of opening the book and reading that text. To make the web, they are simply going to write the title on their piece of paper, or they can be able to look at the cover and just jot down words on a list. They are going to be able to write out whatever comes to their mind when they are seeing certain words or seeing certain pictures, and that's just activating what they already know, and it's trying to get them to identify, I wonder what this book could be about, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. You could also have students make a prediction about what they think the text will be based on, based on what they see and observe. And at the end of the text, they can actually check their prediction to see if they were close or not. Also, thinking about genre. When we are introducing books or we're bringing books to our small group and we're wanting students to explore, genre is a big key part of that. And so you could simply ask the question, what do you know about this genre? Write and explain it to me. And that's just giving them an opportunity of pulling from what they already know, putting it into writing, and it's allowing them to be able to draw on the genre and share it out with you. And also, Using a plain old KWL chart is awesome because here you could actually see what students already know about the topic and what questions they actually have. But you're going to take it one step farther because if they do build this, it's going to hold them accountable for seeing where your questions answered while you read and are you going to have to do additional research to be able to answer the question that you had if it wasn't answered. So taking some time to engage before jumping into a text is actually really good for students. They can practice these forms of engagement during their independent or their at-home reading too. Responding to text during reading. This is where stop and jot comes into play, and this is one of my favorite places that students can be able to respond. Having students stop and think about what they just read is a strategy that we want to teach And this is a great place that you can be able to model this during reading. This is especially important for nonfiction texts because there isn't a storyline that's easy to follow. And in nonfiction, there is a lot of new information. So this act of stop and jotting is important for students to make them stop and to hold them accountable for what they've already read. But let's just go ahead and kind of start with fiction texts. So with fiction text, there are different skills that lend themselves really well during reading, and this could be making predictions, making inferences, or drafting different parts of a summary. After they read the beginning, they can stop and jot about what just happened in the beginning. 
we all know that during the middle, there's a lot that goes on as that climax is building. And so they might need to stop and jot after every main event's happening. And then, of course, at the end, that could be another place where they are stopping and they are jotting. Also thinking about character traits and feelings. As something is happening, they can be able to stop when an event happens or when a character's feelings change. So that is a place that they can also be able to stop and jot during fiction text. Anything around story elements, plot structure, or sequence are also places that fiction text really allow students to be able to stop during reading the text. Hey teachers, I'm interrupting this episode for a quick moment because if you're listening to this podcast, then I'll bet you have students who dread writing time. Or maybe you are out of ideas, time, and energy when it comes to planning your writing block. You work so hard, so for once, give yourself the gift of having the planning done for you. My monthly writing prompts are trusted by hundreds of teachers and are a no-prep way to spark your students' interest in writing while highlighting special days that occur worldwide. The best part? There's a prompt for every single day of the year. Did I mention that it's already done for you? So what are you waiting for? Head to theliteracyguide.com slash prompts to grab your year-long bundle of writing prompts. For nonfiction, there are also places that they can stop. And like I said before, it gets a little bit tricky because nonfiction texts give us a lot of information. And so for us to be accountable, sometimes we do have to take notes on that. So students can be able to write facts. Maybe after every two pages before they turn to read on, they think about one fact they want to remember and they stop and jot that fact down. They also could do an exploration of text features. And anytime they see a text feature, they can make mention of it just to kind of show their knowledge around that. Vocabulary and context. If they get to a word that they don't know, they can write that word down. They can write the sentence and think about what does that mean and look that up, or they can share how they discovered the meaning of that word with their context clues. And also thinking about main idea and details. Anytime students are reading nonfiction, there typically is one big idea, and then there's a lot of details to support. And so this can be a time where they can just stop and be able to reflect on what they read in this format as well, and this can occur during reading. Other skills that are really good, two other ones that I like are visualizing. And I love having students pause and imagine because here kids can actually illustrate or they can write, they can do both. And it's a powerful engagement with them and with what the text says, how the author wrote that text out. And then the other one is figurative language. When it occurs, stop and think about it because this is not literal. And they can jot down the phrase and they can jot down the meaning and then they can be able to read on. So any of these different skills that you can be able to embed as your teaching point, students can hold themselves accountable by as they're reading, stopping and identifying it. And it's really great for them to have that process of stopping. We want students to learn that it is okay to stop while reading. It is a skill that has to be practiced And allowing them to pause and respond supports this. Responding to text after reading. This is probably a more common place teachers tend to feel more comfortable with letting students stop and respond. But also, I know that I used to just ask the questions, have a discussion, and dismiss the kids. 
adding a written response opportunity cranks this time of small group up a notch. Now, there are several skills that you can be able to embed during this time frame, making connections, reflecting on what was read, author's purpose, checking those predictions that might have been made in the beginning of the book or during the book, comparing and contrasting between this story or this event and something else, retelling or summarizing key parts, events, or facts, theme. Theme has to occur at the end because you have to read what's happening in order to know what is the key takeaway and the moral of this story that I can be able to apply to my life. And I just want to share that theme is a great skill that you can constantly spiral in whenever you are reading at the table. Even if you're not focusing on theme, this is one that you can constantly spiral in as a reteach. So try letting students write to respond at least to one question. I know that we have a lot of comprehension questions and we want to focus on this, but let them think about one question that they can respond to. Now, if you are doing this at the end of the text, it might take three to five minutes because by this point, the kids have read the whole book or they've read multiple pages that they were accountable for. And so they have to retrieve all of that knowledge and then put it into written format. But With this, it is one of those places where we like to engage and when everyone's reading, all the kids can share, but try allowing one of the questions at minimum to be one that kids can write to respond to. Now, one final tip for responding, especially after reading, but really it could be at any of these parts before, during, or after, is to allow opportunities for sharing. Every child may not be able to share out if their responses are longer than a couple of sentences, but you want to show that you value their written response. You might decide that turn and talk is appropriate here so that every child does indeed get to share what they wrote. It's just not going to be allowed to the entire small group, and that's okay too. You can be creative and see what works best for your group whether it's a schedule or a routine or rotation or whether it's turn and talk or just one person shares out, whatever that looks like, you can determine what's best for your group and you can also change it up so that it's kind of left unpredictable. So I want you to know that quick writing opportunities are so helpful for students. When we think about responding, we can break the mindset of response having to be a full paragraph with multiple sentences with an intro and conclusion. We can break the mindset that a response has to be half a page or a full page of the notebook paper because we don't want to waste the paper. A quality response can be done in just a couple of sentences. Ultimately, we want to assess the reading skills, the strategies, the comprehension, and this can be assessed or practiced in a variety of different formats and in several different ways. So keep in mind that there are key skills that do lend themselves well to a response before, during, and after reading a piece of text at your small group table, and these responses really should not take longer than two to three minutes. Just a quick opportunity for students to write about their reading. In other parts of your reading block, students can be given a longer chunk of time to respond to their reading by writing, but at the small group table, I want you to think quick writing opportunities and execute those. Be sure to let kids share their responses in a format of your choice. I hope you enjoyed this talk of getting our students responding about reading. 
And as I mentioned at the end of this episode, I was going to be sharing a way that every single listener can win a gift during my 100th episode milestone celebration. So let me quickly explain how you can be able to win. All you have to do is listen to an episode of the Literacy Dive podcast and take a screenshot of one of your favorite episodes. It can be this one. It can be one that was in the last month. It can be one that was in the beginning of my podcast. Whichever one that you enjoyed most, I want you to take a screenshot of it and then you're going to share that episode over on Instagram. You can do this by way of a post, by way of a reel. You can even do an Instagram story. But the important thing here is that you tag me. If you do not tag me, I am not going to probably even know that you have posted it. So be sure to tag me at the Literacy Dive so that I can be able to see it and I can be able to make sure that you get your special gift. Again, if you do not tag me, I will not be able to see that you have completed the requirements to win. And it's super, super easy because every single person has an opportunity of winning. You might be curious what you're even winning, and so I'm going to be giving you one free resource that is going to be able to assist you with this responding to reading. The options to choose from are some of my popular reading response resources, and you're going to be able to choose from one of the following resources. My reading graphic organizers, my reading response choice boards, or my reading response bookmarks. So you have an option of graphic organizers, choice boards, or bookmarks, and you will be able to check out each of those resources. I am going to leave a link to them in my show notes so that you can physically see what the activity is, you can read about it, and you can make your selection. So once you have found your favorite episode, screenshot it, share it over on Instagram by a post, reel, or story, make sure to tag me so that I can see it. And then go ahead and get in your mind which one of these resources you want to receive for free. What I will do then is I will send you a DM with a Google form. On that Google form, you're going to be able to leave your Instagram handle. You're going to be able to select your free pick of a reading response resource from the three resources I mentioned. And I will review the Google Forms. I will send you a link to download your free choice as a way of saying thank you for celebrating my 100th episode with me. I look forward to meeting you back here, same time, same place, next Monday. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram, at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.